Hello everyone and welcome back to CHH Hysteria, a podcast for CHH about everything CHH. I'm your host Cole. And I'm your co-host Cooper. And today we have a very special guest, an artist I've been listening to for a few years, part of the tribe, and he's become one of my favorites over the years. We have Mowgli the Iceberg. Hey, what's happening, guys? Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It means a lot to both of us. And before we get too deep into the questions, I just want to clear up that Mowgli's opinions do not reflect the opinions of all icebergs out there. So, <laughs> important. very important, yes. But um, last month, you dropped your newest track, Coke in the 80s. Can you tell us a little bit about the song, like what you're talking about? Maybe a little bit of story behind how that song came together? Sure. So, um, I think, honestly, that song was just, uh, it, it kind of came out of uh, an just an opportunity i was going to be out in california for a little bit and i had a friend that was shooting some videos out there and he's like hey man i'd like to shoot a video for you uh but i want to do like a rap song and i was like oh fun i've actually wanted to make like a song where i'm i'm rapping uh, as opposed to like the melodic stuff for a while so i just kind of made a fun little song you know the whole thing is a pun uh <laughs> you know he was he was shooting me a bunch of locations for this video and like all of the all the locations looked like these super like narcos-esque thing so i'm like okay well i guess i'll be a christian rapper that makes a, a colombian cocaine kingpin pun <laughs> and, and and just make that the kind of like a tongue-in-cheek um uh concept for the whole nice yeah i i really like the music videos kind of i don't know what it is about it but it's kind of addicting to watch i feel like the shots were really well done and yeah, the, the sound was surprising to me because I thought, I think you tweeted about it before it came out, but I didn't see it. But I, I thought like it was gonna be more like your rock rap blend that you have been doing for a while. But then you kind of surprised it yeah. with like just rap, you know what I mean? And yeah, I know you've been working on a new project. So are we? can we expect songs like Coke in the 80s on the project? I mean, I don't know how much you can say, but like, or is it mostly the rap right. rock blend? So really on, on my next project, um, what what I'm going to be doing is kind of like re reinforcing the idea that I like a lot of different music and I make music for a lot of different people. And especially, you know, there are people that have discovered my music at different points in time. And, uh, you know, there are people that discovered me on my Tumultu album that don't really rock with some of the melodic, more rock inspired things I'm doing now and vice versa. But, and then at the same time to that, like there are all types of stuff that I really love listening to that um, I, I'd like to try my hand in. You know, I, I just always wanna make music that is what I like to listen to. And um, so I, I, I kind of just wanna preface with everybody like, you might not like everything, but you'll you'll like something on the next project. Right. Right. And that, that actually goes really well into my next question, because back in November, you had a few tweets that caught my eye. Um, the first okay. one was you tweeted, when my new album drops, people either think I'm a genius or a psychopath with very little in between, which is very intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oops, I clicked on the same one. And then... You also said, I can't promise you like all my new music, but I can guarantee you'll find it interesting. So I kind of 
exactly what you just said, but are you willing to expand a little right. bit on what you meant by the genius psychopath thing? Well, so I, I think at this point for me, um, the, the, my worst fear is just making music that is just like very non-remarkable or, or, or something that, that like you just listen to and be like, Oh, that's a nice song. Like I would much rather just take a risk doing something that some people will either think is like super unique and crazy or other people will remember for being just like making their ears bleed. You know, like if I can, if it's stylistically, if I can, if I can provoke a reaction, if I can just get something out of you, that is better to me than just making like a milk toast kind of uh, track that's just there. So I'm, I'm, and I'm gonna be doing that more and more. Like I'm, I'm gonna be taking some risks that are really kind of uh, more than I've ever done. And just kind of like taking an idea and just going to the extreme with it. So uh, that's what to expect. Right, no, that's, that's cool. I'm really excited to hear all those tracks because I feel like over the past few years, specifically like since sad people make dope music, you've kind of like made this new rock rap sound that I don't think I've heard before and it's it's really unique and I love it so I'm just excited to see what you do with it next and what else you dabble in I'm super excited but Yo, man well I'll have to I'll have to send you uh, uh, an early preview when I get get a little bit closer to ready to go oh man I you can ask Cooper I will literally dance around my room for hours I do that oh, I promise yeah. <laughs> I'll send yes. you a video yep. But um, no, my favorite song by you all time has to be Matt723. Um, I, when I was in college, my, next to my apartment, there was, this, there was this lake around it. I used to listen to that song on repeat while walking around, while walking around the lake, just thinking about life. Like mm-hmm. the song, like the lyrics are so just amazing. And then the sound is fantastic. It's like everything I love about a song in one song. And I feel like the topic about it was it like assurance of faith, right? And I feel like that's not talked about mm-hmm. a lot within CHH musically at least. So can you tell me a little bit more about this song and then has assurance been something you've always struggled with? Yeah, so I think I think a lot of people, that verse is like one of the more terrifying verses like in all of the New Testament because it, it really it really kind of challenges, especially so, I mean, if, if you're a Protestant American that has grown up in kind of an evangelical culture there's like this mantra of like once saved always saved and um that that verse is always just very hard for that tension it it creates tension with with that sentiment and it doesn't help when you start to like expand your um your theological understanding and you see that there's like significant parts of the world that practice Christianity that believe very different things about the nature of salvation and assurance and all of that. I mean, like Coptic Christians, for example, very much disagree with this whole like evangelical notion of like once saved, always saved. So um, I don't know. I, I think that there are some things in scripture that might be there to just create tension, to create, to prevent you from um getting too uh dogmatic in a particular doctrine um Mm. and to be honest i don't i i I still have trouble with with verses like that but it's like 
no matter what your doctrinal tradition are, there are verses that will give you trouble in, the, in similar ways. So um, through everything, man, I just I just encourage everybody to stay grounded and keep keep Christ in the foresight, and uh, you know stay stay encouraged and rest in the truth and the mystery that ultimately, like we serve a good God, a gracious God, a just God that's made Himself available for us. And you know, I, I believe for those that that righteously seek truth, that whatever we find will be sufficient. Yeah. Um, so you kind of correct me if I if I kind of misunderstood you a little bit, but would you say that you don't believe the notion of that? once saved, always saved, or it's just one of those things where you're not sure sort of thing. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit agnostic on a lot of that stuff at this point, man. Mm. Like there's, uh, I think there's good evidence for, for that. There's a good counter evidence for it. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not super sure on the limits and, and the technicalities with all of that, but what I am sure is Jesus. So I just want to draw into that and, um, just to continue to have like a humble and open-minded perspective on on something that especially there are issues that like i said man like they're they're very long-standing global traditions throughout the church that come to different conclusions about some of these things so um i think it's okay to have a developing opinion on on certain things and and just stay stay faithful to christ man right i agree i, I agree 100 percent with what you said about like it's okay to have a developing understanding. I think it's Lecrae that says it. Maybe you got it from someone else, but like, you know, no one's above learning, right? So like, um, you always want to be learning. I, right. Like, and I can respect that a lot. And um, you said something about Coptic Christians. Did I get Copic. that right? Coptic. I'm, I'm not sure what so that is. Christianity was yeah. It's a. Uh, it, it was formed generally in the Middle East and Egypt. Um, you'll find people in the Middle East, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt um libya uh it it's it's like it's almost like a type of type of catholicism ish but it follows a different tradition the coptic church was actually founded by the apostle mark and mm. um you know and i just brought them up because like they're a very in in my opinion i think the coptic christianity to a fault kind of ends up becoming a little bit works-based but that's just an example of like yo there are like millions of like very devout Christians throughout the world that very much disagree with this North American, like evangelical interpretation of that, that aspect. So is like the interpretation that, and maybe don't know, but is the interpretation that salvation, like once saved, always saved that, is that a North American, American idea or did, was that something grounded before? Um, I mean, like, I mean, it's not just like, you know, there's plenty of scripture that that idea is, is backed on, you right. know, um, but it, it's just, I think that in our particular culture, and especially like in evangelical culture, sometimes we, we tend to like, put, like nobody can like pluck, pluck you from the father's hand. That's like a, a verse that's like very heavily reinforced in like evangelical culture. But then like, there are other verses that like, we don't know what to like there, there are other verses that different doctrines that will kind of hold is like wait this is the important one and you know um i think something where i've been growing is honestly just trying to take all these ideas in scripture and 
not downplay any of them. And, and if that means just kind of being agnostic about certain things and holding them in tension, um, I would rather do that than throw out other things that are or could be useful um, and that are, that are in there for, for a reason. Right. I like what you said a lot, you know, like no scripture should be less important than another sort of thing. Like, um, yeah, that's, that's good. What you just said. And, um, do you think when someone is struggling with the fact if they're saved or not, or whether, I guess in this case, maybe more like if God loves them, whatever it may be, do you think mm -hmm. the church specifically the North American, uh, evangelical church, responds well to that um man i i i think that's that's a big blanket that's a big tent and um because I, I think there's there's a lot of really great great things and great churches and great movements within that tradition and there's also a lot of to toxicity um and i think that's true for the church everywhere you know i think right. that there are useful things with 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 even catholicism um there's a lot of error in Catholicism as well. Um, so, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very broad and maybe too, too broad to, to answer without looking at specifics, but, um, ultimately, man, I, I, to, to that question of that, that question of assurance or like wondering about like, you know, am I enough? I think that it's important to keep the, the main things, the main things. And uh, that's why I just, at this point where I'm at, I really want people to just stress and focus and meditate on God's goodness, on God's love, on, on the fact that God literally became a man, literally like sacrificed himself through us, literally just took everything for us while knowing everything that we would do despite it, you know, like really just breaking down to the fundamentals. And I, and personally, personally, I think that if we keep on those fundamentals, we'll be all right. Especially when you look at the early church, like, yo, the early church for the first couple hundred years didn't even really have scripture. They like didn't have the New Testament, but they had the fundamentals and that was enough, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think just stay humble and focus on the main things. Right. You know, there's certain things that we can't dispute, you know, like, like you said, God's goodness or Jesus coming mm -hmm. down for us. And like, those are the really important things. I agree with what they just said. And then kind of moving on into, um, away from the whole assurance thing is a while back, like in 2019, you had an interview with track stars that I was a huge fan mm -hmm. of. And you said you were toying with a model that allows fans to invest and own my music. Is that something you're still playing with? Mm -hmm. And that, how has it evolved since? Yeah. So, um, actually so so i did like kind of a test case where i was able to um basically sell percentage points of a couple of my songs to small investors so you know for, to give an example for like a hundred dollars you could own one percent of one of my songs almost like a stock and then mm -hmm. every every uh every quarter that that stock generates dividends in the form of royalties so basically the idea was when people sign to a label generally what they will do is they'll sell like 85% of their next 10 or 20 or 30, 30 master recordings. And they'll sell all of that for maybe like $30,000 up front. But the idea is, well, I actually, if you just went 
direct to fan and kind of crowdfunded a label idea, it's a lot more efficient for the artists and actually gives the people that really support you the most kind of skin in the game and, and a means to actually like become incorporated with, with the artists that they care about. Um, so it actually worked really well. Um, right now I'm, I'm working on a process where I can automate it. Cause like right now it's a, it's a pretty work heavy process. I have this big stupid Excel seat sheet and I have like the royalties that are come out and then like the, all the people that own these percentages of all these different songs. So I got to like do all this math every time. And then I got to PayPal people or cash app people, a little bit of money. So really it, it's, it's enough work that if I did it with like all of my songs, it would just, I would just drown in the work and it, it, it would just like not even be worth it. So I'm just trying to find a way where I can automate that process and get some software behind it. No, that's super dope. So um, kind of what caught my attention um, just naturally. So you're trying to find a way to automate it. Are, do you code at all? I actually, I, I do a little bit. I, I, I know, I know enough coding to know how complicated or not complicated some things are, mm -hmm. if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Right. But I'm nowhere near good enough to actually bring my ideas to any type of like working uh, backend model. Gotcha. No, and then just... even even with the code, the coding itself on some of this is actually pretty simple. But then it's the legality of anytime you're dealing with stuff that involves finances, you have very specific sets of laws and regulations that you have to adhere to, and that means lawyers. And you know, it, it just gets it gets very expensive very quick. So I'm trying to find a way where I, I can kind of create a platform from it, but it's a uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, that, no, that creating that platform would be super cool. And it's just like, it's such a unique idea. I've never heard anything like it ever. But um, no, that caught my attention um, because I'm a software engineer. So I was like, ooh, platform code, you know what I mean? But um, no. Interesting. You, what, what, what languages do you code in? Uh, at work, I mainly use Ruby. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of like okay. Python a little bit, which you probably heard of Python. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I feel like it's just such a unique idea because if I if if I was to buy part of your music, that would make me not like financially invested, but like also just more invested in you and your music. And like, right. I want to tell all my friends about your songs more than I already do. Be like, you know, I, I own like 1% of the song here, this, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like right. it's like cool marketing too. Like, it's just, I don't know. I've never well, heard you of could, anything You like could it. imagine how powerful that could be if you had a couple thousand people that just owned little fractions of all these songs, right? Yeah. Like that would be it. If, if you had this support network to do that on the artist side, that would give them enough capital up front to where it would be much, much, much more advantageous than like a major label deal. But then you would have this organic grassroots of people that actually have skin in your game, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 support the music passionately enough to be like yo like if this person does well i want to do well from it too you know so um i think it has the potential to be very powerful um but you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see where where it all ends up no yeah i hope i hope it ends up great um and can kind of continue on the brand thing you know covid mm -hmm. has kind of affected everybody how has it affected your brand and, and also how do you think it's affected like CHH as a whole. I mean, that's, that part's kind of broad, but. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a bummer, man. Uh, 
thankfully, I think that I think this fall, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have thought, you know, a year ago that we would have been over it by now. But, you know, so I'm trying not to get my hopes up. But for example, when when I put out Sad People Made Dope Music 2, um, I had a bunch of music videos that I wanted to do. And all of it, all of the people that I was planned on doing videos with were like out of state and stuff. And, and because of all the restrictions and just people's different risk tolerances and stuff, like I basically wasn't able to do any videos for the pro- project. And I mean, that, that hurt. Like I had a lot of really cool ideas that I wanted to act on and just weren't able to do it. So I, I think I'll still end up trying to do some of them in the future. You know, shows are, are, are a big part, but I mean, even just like social isolation is, is, is difficult. And I think a lot of people, it, it highlights how important community is mm. towards everything. And, and as an artist, how important community is in, for being in the right headspace to even uh, healthily create. So yeah, man, the quicker we can get over this, the, the better off everybody will be. Right. No, yeah, I think what you said about like the social thing is really good. Cause like, it just kind of, it drags down on you a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, it kind of moving into a different topic, kind of just more into music, your own general music is when you first started in CHH, did you feel accepted? And then now after you change into this rap rock blend, do you feel accepted mm. by CHH now? Less, more, same? So, um, I think when I very first started making music, um, it definitely, it was, it, it was, it was hardest at the beginning just because everything was just like starting from scratch and, and really like me and no big deal started making music like in CHH at the same time. And, and every little thing, every little connection, every person that was willing to work with us or hear us out just like felt like such a major victory and it's it ultimately i mean it's been a pretty encouraging several years of just seeing everything grow and then kind of kind of taking a step back in hindsight and then being like oh wow man this is a couple years ago this would have felt like a really big deal type thing um when i started when i kind of switched some of my direction it was it was a little bit different because on one side there's like a type of song that chh really really appreciates and kind of goes hard for and generally i mean it tends to be uh to simplify everything like a generic trap song with like a general message that kind of affirms like christian values but it's also like kind of just a sentiment people can get behind you know, so, so, I mean, I think one of the things that Christian hip hop does like kind of to death will make songs about like work ethic and stuff like that that kind of translate on a, on a general market thing, but then people get hyped to a youth group. So like there, there are certain songs that you can do to just be very, uh, that just do well within our space. And I kind of lost all of that when I started doing the, the melodic, more like emo or the more rap stuff. Um, so and in that and that's something I'm still kind of getting used to. But on the other hand, because nobody was really doing that in our space, like I think the people that did decide to stick around with me and listen to my music, um, I think there's like a, a a level of like bond between that that's stronger, and it really feels like 
like when people support me it's like is that okay like we're actually like a micro tribe of like people and this is like a it it, it feels fulfilling in that sense um and, and artistically it's you know like not everybody likes it but um most people do respect it so so that's cool too yeah and that makes sense um you said you and no big deal kind of started making music at the same time i know you guys both started the tribe together yeah did you know him before chh like as a personal friend well so we had both been making music for a while and it was a situation where like we we've had like lots of things we've tried and failed dylan uh so dylan is no big deal's real name government name mm-hmm. but he he actually had a folk band at one point like he used to p- play the banjo like it was crazy. Hey. so but we uh we actually we we went to mtsu together as a college and uh outside of nashville tennessee and um i don't know we just kind of met each other at a time that both of us were kind of getting stuff ready to go and like trying to like figure out a plan on how to like attack this music thing and we we just met each other at a time that we were kind of the only people that we knew that had like a similar vision for like what we wanted to do and how we wanted to incorporate our faith into our artistry um so yeah it was just a it was a very natural friendship and uh we've just been working with each other and feeding and growing ever since Oh yeah, that's that's dope. Um, so, over the years, you've released some like I feel like you kind of made almost a career on releasing vulnerable tracks. Um, mm. Which song for you was the hardest to release? And then kind of like a little bit about that song. Mm. Oof, I think uh, some of the probably the most vulnerable song. I've done was probably uh, probably called Honest Conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was on my Let's Talk About Our Feelings album, and it's vulnerable in a performance aspect because it's just like me and a guitar, and I w- especially I, I wasn't very like confident in my voice at that time. But um, also just because like. Matthew seven twenty three is a really vulnerable one too, though, because like I actually, but in both of those songs, it, they're vulnerable in the, on on the basis of like talking, like making public private insecurities about my faith, about my relationship with God, and so it's 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 actually just kind of weird because like when people that know me hear that song then it's like oh like i didn't know you were going through this or i didn't know that it's it's actually not that hard to like share it with people i don't know online but uh to have other people that i do know hear that side of me that i just hadn't shared with them is kind of nerve-wracking but uh yeah i think i think it's all worth it i think that those songs and even some of the songs on Tumultu, like Devil in My DM, talking about like lust and like all that type of stuff, it's it's worth it because people are going through it, and um, yeah, it's 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 uh it's beneficial for everybody involved. I think that's it's really funny that I bring up honest conversations because I was listening listening through all your music today, and I was like, I've been sleeping on this track, like you know, like I like I had heard it plenty of times before because I like your Let's Talk About Our Feelings album, but I was like, 
I don't know where I was before in this track. Like, I love this track. So it's just kind of funny. And also, Devil My DM was oh. the first song I heard about、uh, from you, actually. So funny that you brought、oh, those two songs up.、Um, but yeah, I, I really like what you said about the, you know, it's easy to release music to people you don't know, but the hard thing is like to people that you know, right? So, like, that would, to me,、yeah. I've always thought would be the hardest part of being an artist is like, there's no way I could show, I don't know, my family or my friends like this music I made or like, Even with this, like, this podcast, like, it's just like, it's embarrassing well, yeah, almost to show people. If you're, if you're like, basically like, exposing thoughts about people in your music that you haven't even communicated to them. So <laughs> then they hear it and it's like, oh, either you're lying or we have some unresolved issues to take care of, <laughs> you know? So.、Hey. Um, And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not into the whole like lying in my music thing, so that can make for some nervous moments. But even that, though, you know, like w- once you just get it out in the table, you know, I think, I think just honesty builds deep relationships. So for sure, sometimes、yeah. the music just forces my hand in that. Right, right.、Um, I mean, you don't got to answer this if it's too personal or something, but、um, you, I mean, you've made a lot of music about exes. Has that ever caused some? Like drama between people you know or something, <laughs> it, it has a little bit.、Um, just in the context of, of like, you know, I, I think if somebody dates me, they're like, Well, if we break up, I know it's coming, <laughs> you know? right? But actually, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a great relationship now, I'm very happy. And、um, one, I feel like I have enough.、Um, Emotional, I've suffered enough emotional torment in my life. I can just write infinite songs about it. So I don't need to go through any, I don't need any more ammunition. I can just draw, I have, I have a stockpile, dude. I have a doomsday bunker of heartbreak ammunition.、Um, so, but really, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful and I'm excited to just、uh, embrace some new creative disciplines and. Try to explore different emotions and different sides of my life to, to draw inspiration from. So, you know, hope someday we'll get a happy song. <laughs> someday. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're in a good relationship. That's super happy.、Um, that's awesome. And something I've wondered ever, and honestly, part of the reason why I first listened to your music was your name. I'm、mm-hmm. just so curious. What? Is Mowgli the iceberg? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, let me ask you first. What do you think it means? Hmm. <laughs> well, I need to figure out what Mowgli means. And then the iceberg is like, I don't know, because iceberg is also spelled it. I have no idea. I- I'm stumped. Cooper, you got anything? <laughs>、okay. So when I, was, when I was in middle school, I used to, I used to like go to these sports camps and stuff. And、um, one kid was just like, hey, he looks like Mowgli from the Jungle Book. And I was like very, I was very lanky and I had like a, I had a deep dark tan as the middle of the summer and I had like just this big shaggy head of black hair. And I, I did, I looked like Mobley from the Jungle Book. And I guess everybody at school and all my friends were just like, that is a super accurate nickname. And it just stuck with me.、Um, <laughs> and then,、uh, so the iceberg part comes. From my last name. My last name is Hornberg. And I played basketball in high school, and we all had these like stupid nicknames. And、uh, people just called me Iceberg, which is why it's spelled differently. Right.、Mm. 
Um, so when I started making music in high school, I just had these, I had these two nicknames and I just put them together. And one of the, one of the big rappers at the time, it was like 2008 or 2009. And there was this rapper named OJ, the juice man from, uh, from Atlanta. And, uh, I was just like, Oh, that's a format. I'll just do that. I'll just be something, be something. And bada bing, bada boom, here we are. Man, I love that. That's that's perfect. I was expecting you to go deep into the meaning of like iceberg is like, you know, like you. this is what you see and on the all. bottom, this is what it really is, you know. Not at all. <laughs> it's just iceberg. <laughs> no, that's dope. Um, you know, actually, I was telling one of my friends, freaking out to one of my friends about how we got an interview with you and the only question he wanted me to ask you, and it's funny you bring up your hair, is why did you cut your hair? <laughs> Man, so... Really, it, so it's it's much less of a poetic reason than I'm sure he's looking for. But uh, because I'm a cheapskate, I, I cut my own hair. And so I was doing like the thing where I like shave, shave the sides and I had like an Aztec top knot. Well, okay, so I, I have this like three-way mirror in my back bathroom and like every so often I would just trim it. But there's this line, right? You wanna You wanna have like a nice sharp line where it's like buzzed and where it's long. And when I would trim it, a lot of times I would trim it just a little bit farther back. So after like, I, so I just keep pushing these lines a little bit closer together. <laughs> so after like a couple of years, essentially I came to the realization that I just had a long mohawk. Like, <laughs> so I was like, man, I mean, the sides are already shaved. So I'm gonna just knock it all off. And now that it's short, I'm gonna just have fun and I'm gonna diet and I'm gonna do, do different stupid things because I have nothing invested into this. Like I can like, I can make this look terrible. And if it looks terrible, I can just cut it and it'll be back in like two weeks. So that's not the same when you've been growing your hair out for like a couple of years. So I'll probably do the long hair again at some point, but uh, for now I'm just gonna have fun and not have to worry about my hair drying after the shower. No, man, not drying after the shower, man, <laughs> man, I, I used to hate my hair as a kid, so I would cut it all off. That's the one thing I miss uh, about having like a buzz cut is <laughs> like, I'll get out of the shower and two yeah, seconds dude, later, it was gone. <laughs> right. My, my hair was long too. It was like, it was probably like down to here or something. Like it was like, Dang. I had like full on female hair issues. <laughs> like, like I empathize when girls are like, I don't know. I just washed I washed my hair yesterday. Like, no, I get it. I get it. But yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Um you said I mean you said you dye in your hair. I expect I, I really like your dye right now, but I expect to see a pink Mowgli in the next um Oh it's coming. Music video. It's coming. We're gonna do oh. pink, we're gonna do green, uh may, we're gonna probably do red too. Ooh. Um I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have fun, man. Coat of many colors or hair of many colors, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but I don't want to, I think we're nearing the end of the time. So okay. I just had, I had one more question. Cooper and I like to save the most important question for last. We never, never okay. tell the artist what it is because it's just important. Okay. Between you and no big deal, who could eat more dino chicken nuggets in one sitting? <laughs> um, so it, that, that really depends on who is being stricter with their diet? Because it could go either way. Because Dylan gets very disciplined 
with certain types of thing. Right now, I'm trying to slim down after Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that eggnog. So I think, I think, I think he would probably eat more of them than I would. Just because I would just, I would, I would, I think hopefully I would have the fortitude to just decline it. But last night I, uh, we were in a, a similar situation and I caved <laughs> to the Chick-fil-A when he did. So it's a that's so, Man, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But how, how many can you eat though in one sitting? Do you think 20, 25? Oh, can 50? I, do I have the capacity to bro? I could eat 50. I'm sure. I'm Ooh, sure of it. Okay. One right. sitting, 50. Okay. No problem. No problem. I'm not even regretting it the next day. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a big boy. I love it. Now, my friend my friend ate 63 pizza rolls in one sitting, and that Shoot. That, that messed them up for a bit. <laughs> I went to a sushi buffet with one of my best friends, and between the two of us, we ate, uh, we ate over 200 pieces of sushi. And I didn't want to eat again for like three days. Dang, two hundred pieces. That's crazy. I can't even eat one piece of sushi. Yeah. <laughs> it's all um, right. Man, um, I forgot about one last buffet. It was all you could eat sushi train. Oh, okay. You gotta get your money's worth, right? You gotta make sure. Yeah. Right. So the philosophy was every every plate that you get, your meal is cheaper, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Final question. I, I, I realized I lied about the final question. My bad. I forgot okay. to ask one. Um, if you were the interviewer and you're my shoes, what would you have asked that I did not ask? Oh, shoot. Dang. That's a hard freaking question. <laughs> um, you didn't ask me what my favorite color was. Ha. Oh, what is it? Oh wait, black, black on black. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I was just listening to that. I was singing that song before you came on. <laughs> That's but cheating. If it wasn't black, it would be indigo. I'm just, what? Okay. Indigo specifically, not purple. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the how specific that is. But um, no, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. It means a lot to us. And thank you all for tuning in. Um, make sure to check out Mowgli. Can, where can we find you on socials, by the way? Uh, M-O-G-L-I-T-H-E-I-C-E-B-U-R-G on all platforms. Guarantee you I'm the only one. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's probably not very many of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, be sure to check out his music. You won't regret it. As well as follow us on our socials, at CHHSTERA on Instagram. That's where we're most af- active. We also got a Twitter, at CHHSTERA Media. Um, and lastly, if you love CHH or if you're an artist and you're looking um, to connect with other CHH heads, there's a CHH Discord, has over 250 members, super Ooh. active. Be sure to Ooh. join. Yeah, you should join Mowgli. I'll freak you out. Anyways. I will. I will. Oh, I'm going to hold you to that. Anyways, thank you all for coming in. Until next time.